This is the Conrad Alert. Civil defense information will be broadcast at 640. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Y2K. How can we prepare? Stop a few of their machines and radios. Throw them into darkness for a few hours. We are fighting for our lives. My family must survive. Boom. For five years. Thousand gallons of gas. Air filtration. Water filtration. Coming at you from the frozen tundra that is East Central Alberta, Canada, streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Telegram, Rumble, and Odyssey. Welcome back to the workshop where we create community, find freedom, promote preparedness, and share success. I am Toolman Tim, and today is February 3rd, 2023, and this is episode 247 of the Workshop Podcast. So how the hell is everyone out there? Good to have you. We are going to get a couple of announcements out of the way, and then I will go on to my beautiful co-host here right next to me. So three quick things. Number one, I launched yesterday the third annual workshop Groundhog Day contest. Always love it. I don't, don't know how Groundhog Day became a thing for me. Hey, Little Klondike Outdoors, good to have you. So I don't know how I managed to start this routine every year, but... We launched it and I think we've had like 160 entries in 24 hours. So that's really exciting. So go to toolmantim.co and there's five really cool prizes. And you can check out the link on the TikTok or the YouTube or anything like that. Number two, no episode tomorrow night. We the, That episode has been moved to next week. I believe it's next Tuesday. We are going to a wild game supper tomorrow night, which is going to be exciting. All the wild meat you can eat. Aren't you excited, Mrs. Cook? Yeah, not I knew really. she is. She's always excited. No, I'm not. <laughs> and then Sunday evening, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming with Brian Alexovich from the Lots Project coming on for a Saturday, uh, sorry, a Sunday evening chat. So it should be good. So without further ado, let's bring on wow, Mrs. Cook is right next to me. How are you, ma'am? I'm good. Good. How's your week been? Busy. Busy. How come? Uh, well, we opened the upstairs to the daycare. And I don't know how that happened. <laughs> and it's been, it's been chaos. We have to like work out the kinks and. You got new staff. New you got staff, new kids. New kids. Yeah. A new floor, like a new a new section of the building open. So yeah, and everybody's like, um, what do you call it? roles have been. Yeah, right. New roles and everything and, too. Yeah. Everything. What do they say that the uh, the only thing that likes change is a dirty baby, right? Yeah. Well, I, I seem to be okay with it. There's a couple of people that are struggling, but we'll we'll get through all the kinks and we'll get it done. Absolutely. That's what you're here for. Yeah. You're the boss. And as soon as we start the live stream, Maisie. little Miss Maisie's at the door <laughs> trying to get in. So she can stay. Up yeah, she can piss off. Poor thing. So. Mm -hmm. You only got to watch it once this week, didn't you? I did. Yeah, which is you fine. You watched it twice, didn't you? I did. I watched it this afternoon, which was fine while I was tearing up the, the laminate floor. So mm -hmm. she put me to work this week, guys. I have been a pack mule. I don't know what all. I've, I've done absolutely everything under yeah. the sun. So, yeah, but Still more to come. It meant uh, I was at home, and so I was able to watch it a second time. Took lots of notes, but it was a, it was a great episode. It was a surprise of an episode. It was an episode that probably rubbed some people the wrong way, but... I hope not. Not too I bad. Know. Yeah, whatever. It's just, yeah, it was what Don't it worry was. About it. It's so, not yeah, your life. Exactly. <laughs> right? So, and it also featured one of my favorite characters. Well, one of my favorite character actors in Nick Offerman, who we know as Ron Swanson. And in this, he plays Bill, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, we have said the first two episodes we loved because they did a flashback 
to fill in some of the backstory. Now, this one doesn't even have a cold open. Now, if you guys don't necessarily know what a cold open is, it's where the show starts right into the drama, whatever it happens to be, before the credits. Now, uh, last night, or what, what night was it? Sunday night when the show came on, it was um, credits first, which is the first time they've done that. And it opened up with uh, Joel down by the river. You remember that? He was stacking stones. Yep. Yeah. So I'd read online, somebody thought maybe it was a bit of like a makeshift memorial for Tess, or do you think that they're reading too much into that? I, like I thought maybe he was just, I mean, what, what man doesn't go down by the river and just stack stones? Cause I do that shit. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe it was just his way of dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we, we open up with Ellie and Joel walking around doing their thing. And uh, something I noticed this time was uh, Ellie, I think had the same backpack as Joel's daughter or same, same brand. Remember we saw Jan yeah. sport, which I thought, you know, whatever from the nineties, right? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Late nineties, early two thousands. And um, they sit down and they they have a little, well, I guess they're going to eat, right? But Yeah. <laughs> Joel, so if you go back an episode, Ellie was all bragging about how she had a chicken sandwich and now she's out of food already. And Joel had to give her some, uh, whatever the hell that. I think it's jerky. Yeah, it looks like it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, So Or some sort of jerk, jerky type substance or yes. whatever, yeah. So what do you think of Ellie's acting? Do you like her? Not particularly, no. She, uh, How come? Well, I didn't really care. Like Game of Thrones, she wasn't in it a ton. So you didn't really have, but, but she was a lot younger too. And she just had a few lines. She just had she, a few yeah. lines, but it was the same type of thing. They kind of have her like snarky and obnoxious and stuff. And, but I find the actress herself, I'm not a huge fan. And so that has been the biggest complaint from a lot of reviewers online and people love the show. The show has been great because Joel, um, the actor there, what's his name? Um, that plays Pedro, Pascal. Pedro Pascal kind of carries the show. Why, why do you giggle when I mention him? <laughs> because Amy calls her, uh, calls him her, uh, uh substitute husband. Uh, uh, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, he's okay looking, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> so that you know he carries their conversations i love their conversations i could listen to the two of them yammer on all the time well but i think what, what i can't remember uh bella ramsey yes that's who it is. Yeah. like the what, name what is sounds she? like a character from game of thrones that's why i um like but what is she like 20 19 19 I 20 yeah. yeah so i still classify her as a kid actor yeah and uh but i find in this i i there's no she's not like the character in the game no, that's like, true. That not. is a bit of an and, issue, isn't it? And like, she doesn't have to be like, I don't know why, like for some reason they just keep pushing and pushing and pushing for her to drop all these F-bombs all the time. And it's like, like, it's not, it's not needed and it's not necessary. And, and I find the way she acts, she's just, she overacts. She everything. does. Yeah. yeah. I, so, um, I, I hate I, so there's a YouTuber I watch called the Critical Drinker, mm -hmm. and he, you know, he he's very opinionated. I really appreciate him because he he kind of tears apart modern cinema. And his complaint about uh, Bella was that uh, she basically has three emotions that she can show. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, don't want to like, I don't want it to be this rag on Ellie show. You know what I mean? Because but it's but it's true that and because the thing is, so you want the show to be successful. 
And then all of a sudden we're only three episodes into it and people are already having an issue with her. Right. So it's that, that right there gets you kind of nervous that it's not going to be as successful as they want it to be. And absolutely. And I think that even, but I even said that about the first episode too, you know, how like they, they made her like more rough around the edges than what she is in the game. And, and there was no need and they for that. tried to make her stronger earlier on. That's but it, what but I, it's yeah. not strong. Like it's just coming off as an annoying teenager, teenager mouthpiece. Right. And, and like, I don't know anybody out there has teenagers. I don't want to sit there <laughs> and watch a teenager on television. That that's like that because like our girls are hitting 13 and I can't handle their mouths half the time. And I don't want to sit there and watch somebody. And they think, yeah, I know. Like, I and, and I get it. It is part of the show and everything, but, but again, it's not like the character. No, that is true. So as they're walking along, they come to an old country grocery store, which looks like some of the grocery stores or, or you know, stores we would see on the back roads in Alberta, really, you yeah. know, like the small town. So I'm sure it was something they found somewhere. And they go inside and it was kind of a humorous little exchange because Joel, she says, you can't remember where you stashed your stuff. And he goes, I'm just trying to prime my memory. <laughs> he wouldn't admit well, it to he never says how long it had been since he had been there either. Right. He said it had been, well, he just a couple or a few years, I think, mm. you know, so it had been, been but, a a few, but a few years could be 10 years. It could be six years. It could be two years. You know, like, you know, exactly. So you don't know. And, and they emphasize on the fact that Joel is older. So it's like, because you figure he was probably what mid thirties when it happens. 20, so he'd, he'd be probably, in his fifties and he would pushing be pushing 60. Right? Yeah. And he'd be, you know, road hard and put away wet. Like that mm -hmm. life would be hard on you. It would age you fast, I think. Yeah. And so I like that part where Joel, so Joel has a stash and I, um, you know, there's a lot of prepper themes in this episode, guys. So I, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. And uh, I'll share with you an exchange over text I had with my brother-in-law uh, later too, which was fun over this episode. So uh, he has a handgun and a first aid kit and a few other things that look straight out of the video game that he hid under a tile in the uh, in the um, the old country grocer. And that was fine. But then, uh, of course, Ellie does something that felt like it was right out of The Walking Dead. Mm. Remember, she, she goes into a back room, and instead of telling Joel, hey, I'm going to climb down here, she just jumps down in a chute and comes across a an infected who had been crushed under a pile of dirt, and it hissed at her and growled at mm -hmm. her. And she walked over and, like, Sliced it open, remember? So she could stab it. Yeah, whatever, and then yeah. she stabbed it. So it was just kind of, I don't know. It, it felt, again, like it was something out of the later seasons of The Walking Dead. That they, it was something that didn't have to be done. Right. Now, and, I do want to mention, though, that I still think this was the best episode so far. Yes. I love this episode. So the fact that we're picking on this means that we're going to get to the good stuff soon. But... There are a few small ongoing issues with the show that are a tad bit frustrating that we want to deal with. And, and those, yeah. those are it. You know, it, um, it, unfortunately, the biggest issues are with Ellie. Yes. And also, unfortunately, if you're familiar with the narrative of the show or of the game, next season is going to be almost all Ellie. So that can be a bit of a, an issue, right? So, yeah. Uh, well, and that's why I said, like, they're going to turn it into something that that people aren't going to watch. Yeah, she got in here. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, um, and that's the thing. Like, you don't want it to be something you don't want to watch, but I'm not. I'm probably not going to watch it if Pedro Pascal's not in it anymore. I know. Because he carries it, and she, and like we said, either last week or the week before, 
she is not talented enough to carry an entire show, no. show on her so own. So they'll have to put a, if they're going to do it, they're going to have to put a strong supporting cast around her. That's yeah, what I wow. think. So. Now, there was one more neat little thing that I enjoyed, kind of a video game, um, I don't know, homage or whatever. But when they walk into the grocery store, what's sitting there but an old Mortal Kombat 2 console or, uh, you know, um, arcade machine, which was cool because growing up in high school, junior high, we used to go over to Vicky's, which is the local grocery store right next to my school. And we would uh, play Mortal Kombat and we couldn't wait until they got the Mortal Kombat 2 coin-op machine. And they did. And it's still there. I was home a couple of years ago, went in for lunch and there it was. They bought it and I think that thing must have paid for itself a million um, times over. So yeah, um, then they they head out, they got their supplies, they're still walking along the country road and they come across uh, a crashed plane. And yeah. that was, that. I thought that the... Um, the effect it looked good yeah you know? it kind of looked like um the planes and more of the worlds there yes which that plane is still there remember we saw yeah. it on the universal tour yeah and apparently i didn't know this but that image of the plane was the very first press image they released for the show when they were promoting it way back then. okay so um you know and they had a cool little conversation this is the show's at its best when the two of them are walking along and talking i like that because you know she said did you ever go up in one of those joel and he basically says, well, yeah, and it really wasn't that special. But, of course, we took it all for granted. You know, he said $12 sandwich, and they put you in a, a tuna can of a seat. And, you know, and she she just thought it was the coolest thing ever that he got to go up in the sky. And, you know, it, it was neat. And then they, they, of course, they keep walking, and Ellie keeps doing what Ellie does, and she asks a metric shit ton of questions, mm -hmm. right? And, well, she'd be – well, she's not – Well, she – yeah. Yeah, she, like she's not um, – what do you call it? Worldly. Yeah. She, she, every, everything yeah. she's experiencing is for the first time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sitting here talking as a chihuahua staring at me lovingly in the eye. So uh, Maisie's making me uncomfortable. Right, sweetie? So they talk and there was some really good exposition where Joel shares the story or at least his best estimate of what happened. And he's pretty damn close. He said, mm -hmm. you know, he, he said the best guess everybody had was that it got into a, an essential ingredient that was a dry ingredient and he said flour or sugar and the cool or sad thing is that you maybe don't catch in the first episode well i guess you do but you don't put two and two together is the infection day was joel's birthday yeah so that's why he'll never forget poor guy <laughs> which sucks well the same day his daughter died too right well that yeah, yeah. i suppose that's true Can you met oh jesus that just, that just sucks no matter how you slice it and um joel says one of the quotes i loved was by monday everything was gone which is sad, but it happened basically from Friday to Monday, right? And uh, so then Joel decides that uh, he doesn't want her to go along the road. Yeah. And she, of course, once again, gets her panties in a knot and says, guess what, Joel, we're going to go on the road. Like a walking dead thing again. Uh-huh. And what do they come across? Do you remember? It was just some yeah. dead bodies. Like, Burn well, up. not yeah. even bodies anymore. They're just skeletons. Just skeletons and bones. And Joel right. fills her in on the fact that, and of course, this is probably exactly what would happen. Mm -hmm. They, um, the people that wouldn't fit into the quarantine zones were taken out into the woods, shot and burnt. Mm -hmm. Because as Joel says, dead people can't get infected. And then they finally cut to a flashback. Yes. And they show a lady with a little girl who matches the description or what they show of those uh, skeletons in yeah. the ditch. So it's kind of sad, yeah. you know, but 
that's where the real action. So that that's kind of the the opening montage, whatever. And then we move into when we get to meet um, a lot of people's favorite prepper. And I thought they did yeah. a pretty good job of representing him. Actually, yeah. Um, I like he he did incredible. Oh, in Nick, whole, yeah. Like, like, and he was believable. Like when he's in the basement there and. <sighs> And he's hiding out, and they don't know he's down there. It was like they were, um, uh, they were rounding everybody up on yes. buses. Yeah, it it was very reminiscent of Katrina, Hurricane Katrina, because when he steps out of his front door, you guys have all seen him—the spray paint markings on the doors of Katrina—and they, you know, they're FEMA markings that say, "Okay, what's in here? Who they found? How many mm-hmm. are dead? That kind of stuff." And so he's in the basement watching his black and white monitors and his security system, and, and it, it's like a. A bunker yeah it's an underground bunker yeah. and so then <laughs> there's quite a few things but uh he very quickly they establish that he's a prepper so you see a guns and ammo magazine you see barrels of sulfuric acid you see a don't tread on me flag you see a join or die flag and then you see like the walls of the guns and, oh yeah. guns everywhere which is yeah. great and then the greatest line ever and the way he delivers it was so good because after the guys leave he's like uh what was it? Not today. New world order. Jackboot fucks. And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the funny thing is, you know, they want to make him look like a bit of a twisted, paranoid prepper, but everything he believed came true. Mm-hmm. And that's what was really funny. I like that. And then, of course, he comes out of his bunker, out of his house, pulls his mask off, and he, we get like a an 80s music montage <laughs> of him <laughs> almost like, uh, was it Risky Business when... Tom Cruise was left home alone and he comes sliding. Well, actually, it. you yeah. know what it kind of reminded me of is when um, the montage when Arnold Schwarzenegger and the girl in Commando? Commando, when oh, they robbed the, yeah. the gun store. That's right. <laughs> uh, Ray, Radon Quan or whatever. Yeah, that's her name what it is. kind of yeah. reminded me of. Yeah. Yeah, because so, it, and it's right out of an 80s. I mean, he's, he's driving around and they show him tearing apart a boat to turn into a utility trailer. And then he goes to Home Depot and he's like running down the aisles, filling up his cart full of like everything I would do. Yep. So right about this time, I get a text message from my brother-in-law and he says, Tim, the dude in episode three is just like you. <laughs> and I asked him, I said, well, how far are you? And he told me where he was. And then uh, we'll get back to the rest of that exchange in a few <laughs> minutes because it's quite humorous. So he's in Home Depot and the power goes out. And then he's like, well, that didn't take very long. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he somehow knows where the main natural gas shut off or shut on or, you know, turn, you know, switch is. And he goes back and he turns the natural gas back on. And goddamn, he's lucky enough to keep it going for a long time. It doesn't. So there is some. This story is the epitome of an epic. A short story told over a long period of time. And you follow this character, this prepper for 20 years, he grew, he becomes an old man and we'll talk a little more about it. But so he, there's a few things where they use some artistic license, things like, uh, how long the gas would last. I got to say, because there's a conversation in there. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute, but there, you know, the gas, how long the gas would last, turning the natural gas back on things that maybe shouldn't have lasted as long Mm. as they should have even us preppers who would look after it. Right. Well, and if he was careful with it too, though, right? Like he, then he like fenced up that whole, mm. it was just like a whole little area. Like, Look I don't like know, a, was like a, maybe four, a, four or five buildings. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, just a little tiny, 
make yourself town. Yeah, and he. Yeah. I mean, because he had nothing but time, and so know. he the gas might have lasted longer because maybe he only had the gas at his place, right? That's true. And if he had a way of filtering it through, and maybe it, he only ran it so many times, and, and he had a big ass diesel generator. I mean, he he did everything he could, and he built himself. I mean, he machined things, and but. The one thing he didn't have was a partner or, uh, yeah. you know, someone to share it with because they show him having fun and doing his shit. And then he sits down to have a meal and it's this beautiful rabbit or something. <laughs> and uh, he's all alone. And so then you cut to him. This was really funny. I love this part. So, he has booby traps everywhere because he's had nothing but time. And I read some of the Reddit threads on this and, and people are like, how the hell did he build all those fences and everything in three years. Well, what else and, is he going to do? Right. And my thought was, how the hell did he not build more? Yeah. I mean, really, you've got nothing but time. And if you're healthy and, you know, in, in decent shape, of course, you're going to build that shit. You know, yeah, I, like I would hear that or you sit around and do nothing. Right? right. And so he had the best tripwire uh, bombs or not bombs. I don't know, like whatever they were, booby traps, I guess. And this zombie walks through trips the tripwire and the shotgun shell just explodes right in his face. And they, I, of course he's like, you know, he jumps up and he's quite excited and that, that's his entertainment. He doesn't have television or the internet, but he, he does have closed circuit TV to watch his zombies get blown up. And then he has pits as well. Right. Yeah. So he goes out one day because he, his alarms tripped and it's a gentleman named Frank, right? Frank? Yes. And so he comes in and, uh, well, he didn't really want to keep him, right? I mean, he's well, a hard-nosed no. prepper. So. Well, he asked him who else was with him, and mm. he said that there was 10 of them, right? Right. And he was the only one left. Yes. Yeah. And they had hiked from Boston, Baltimore to Boston. So maybe you guys know, I had to look it up to see 400 miles. So you walked about eight hours a day. It would take you about 15 days. So that that's a, a treacherous walk in this day and age, for sure, or in that day and age, I should say. But uh, so they have some humorous exchanges where... He says, you know, if I let you eat here, you're going to tell every hobo, vagrant, and uh, homeless dude that this is a free lunch. He said, and this is no Arby's. <laughs> and Frank's like, what are you talking about? Arby's never had free lunch. You had to pay for it. It was a goddamn restaurant. So I enjoyed that. So then right about that time, my brother-in-law messages me and he says, well, he said, I, I well, yeah, oh. we remember we figured it out because he, uh, he let him have a shower. Right. And he got him some clothes. And you could tell he's completely awkward because he's been by himself for so long. And I think there, it implied that he lived with his mother. His, for sure. Beforehand. Yeah. So it was just him and his mother. And he had nothing but time and it seemingly money as well. Yeah. So um, so then uh, when they go to sit down at dinner and, and you kind of, and you kind of get the vibe and then, and then he brings it out and he, and he makes a, Frank makes the comment about, oh, a man who knows how to pair his wine with his rabbit. And that right there, you're like, okay, yeah. So we know what, because we know what, you know, like you, you don't want to generalize, but I asked, you know, you ask anybody and they're like, you're like, is that dude gay? That's what you said. Or you yeah. asked me and I, and the problem was, no, and, no, you asked that. And I said, oh, definitely. No, no, I, I knew uh, this got yeah. spoiled for me a couple weeks ago. I know, but I remember know I, I, knew, I said, but... yeah, there, there's no way he isn't because yeah. like, it was funny. Like, and, and that's one thing I appreciate about gay men is that like they they have taste and they know what goes with what and they're and they're wonderful like that so right? what you're like, saying is i don't have taste then is that what you're saying do you know what wine goes with rabbit yeah the kind you drink God <laughs> exactly <damn>. yeah beer <laughs> bourbon yeah. yeah 
No, but they're no, but it was it was like as soon as you see, I was like, okay, yeah, now I get it where it's going. And it was it was, I won't lie, it was um, what's the word? It was awkward seeing Ron Swanson kiss another dude. You know I, what though? It, I think it was, but it, but it didn't on. bother me though. Like no, he did it, it didn't, so well. It was but, awesome. Like, the, but the story, like, the their love story, whatever mm-hmm. you want, it was awesome, and mm-hmm. it it brought me to tears at the end. So, yep. but I, I won't, you know. It was just, that's all. I'm just being honest. Yeah, no, and... like, well, it was because you know him as Ron Swanson, <laughs> Ron Swanson. right? And and the one that talks about having his, uh, uh, what do you call it? All his ex-wives to his deathbed so he can tell them to go to hell, right? <laughs> it's so, like, it's, you're... so here, here's Sorry. the quote that I, yeah. Here's the quote I came up with while watching this show. So Ron Swanson was a man's man. Yes. And in this episode, Bill is a man's man who happens to like men. Yes. So, and that's where the story end, it came. And so, because you, you felt bad for Bill because... Well, he was lonely. He was... And and you could tell that he had the type of um, relationship with his mother that his mother probably knew, but he looked like he hadn't told anybody. And you got to remember, this right. was 20 years exactly. ago. Exactly. So it looked like he was... He probably he hadn't told anybody, and it, and he was and he was could, ashamed for whatever. Well, reason. that and you could tell he carried himself like he was, he was shy and 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 didn't know how to you know how to react and stuff. And then when Frank makes the the comment about uh, uh, like uh, tell him when they, he sees the piano and they're playing. Oh, the music he's such and a bad singer. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Like uh, they both are. Mm-hmm. It's Nick Offerman. Yeah. So yeah. um I just want to shout out John Gardner. He said, uh, first time on a live chat. You're in for a good one, buddy, tonight. <laughs> so so uh yeah. Ron Swanson was played masterfully by Nick Offerman on Parks and Recreation. He is a uh a libertarian man's man who forges his own rings yeah. and walks through Home Depot. And when they come to ask him for help, he says, I know more than you get it, get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he ended up playing a prepper on the last of us who ended up um, having a thing for dudes. Well, he was gay. He was gay, which yeah. was totally fine, but it was just um, a, a shock when we, when, when it came through, yeah. because you're used to him playing a certain character and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, okay. But then when, um, but then when it comes down to it and Frank says to him, he goes, if I do this, if I should, like, basically it was kind of like, you know, if I show you my affection and I show you my love, I'm not leaving. Right. And, and that was like, and then you get to, and you're like, okay, that, so basically he's in it for the long haul. Yes. And, and that kind of gives you like a good feeling about him because then you're kind of like, okay, well then he's not going to attempt to kill him to steal his stuff. And, and he's not going to like take off and go tell him, a whole slew of army who are going to come overthrow him well, because that's what you really think yeah when you first meet him yeah and but you get that in because we've seen it happen so many times in the walking dead too yeah and but just so you know and it was really quite funny because they have their first date and they use hard cuts in this episode really really well so they go from where they're happy and whatever to whom and uh frank running out the front door yelling at bill and they're having their first you know, marital squabble three years, not their first, but I think, was it five years later or three years, three years, three years. Yeah. yeah. So here's how it goes. And, uh, but when you, but when you see, when you, 
when you first see him, that's the first thing that goes through your brain. Okay, he's going to trick him. There's going to be 10 people in the right. field. They're all going to jump him. They're going to steal everything. And, you know, like whether you want to like, but this type of scenario in this type of situation, it's going to be very, very hard to find trustworthy people. Oh, because, absolutely. Because everybody's out for themselves. Yep. Right. But obvious, but like, it seems like um, three years later, when you see that, you're like, okay, these two needed each other. Like Frank, obviously, like if, if you watch, you watch Frank over more and more, you could tell that he, he's not very, um, I, he wouldn't have survived. Another no, week. like, He'd like he's not dead. very preppy. He right? reminded me like, of Aaron's husband in the walking dead. Do you remember? Was it Aaron? Yeah. You know, remember? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Very, yeah, very but, effeminate. And, and, but he, he, he had, he didn't have a clue. No, like no, no. But he just he, wasn't a survivalist. He, no. And know? he needed Bill. Yep. But, but Bill also needed. Frank. But Bill needed Frank because and Frank Bill said at one time that I was never afraid before I met you and that I it gave me a purpose to live. I, I yeah. had someone to look after and that was cool. So the conversation was great because I could picture you and I having this conversation. Yeah. You storming out the door saying all I want is to paint the houses and a little <laughs> bit of gas for the goddamn lawnmower. And he says, if you mention resource allocation again, I'm going to go run through a tripwire because that's all I could think of. I'm like. Who the hell is going to waste gasoline on a lawnmower in the apocalypse? It's because he wanted to make it look nice. I know. But, but again, it's because they have nothing but time. Right. And you know what? And if that's what gave him a little bit of enjoyment and, you know, give him some gas for the lawnmower. Right? But I couldn't do it. <laughs> I'm like, nope. Resource allocation, bitch. You're stuck. <laughs> Because we only have finite resources, I right? I just go help so, myself. <laughs> yeah, I know you would. So there you go. That That's how it goes. But, and then, after that, he said, we'd like to make the house, the town, look good because we're going to have guests. And you think, <laughs> okay, this seems rather odd. And then Frank's like, oh, by the way, I've been talking to a nice lady on the radio. Yeah. And at that point, I'd have slapped you the taste right out of your mouth. <laughs> I love you, Mrs. Cook. I could, I would have felt absolutely betrayed if yeah. you were not you in particular. And I know we would talk about this, but if my significant other was conversing with people outside of the compound and you know, the way Frank is too, he probably told them exactly where they were, oh, what it looked like. like <laughs> you should come over. It's a really nice place. We have food and electricity and <laughs> exactly. gasoline. It's like, and you know, darn oh. well, that's probably what he did. Oh, I, that's what pisses me off. Like. There's no OPSEC there at all. No operational security. And Frank, era and Bill is just sitting there vibrating like he wants to punch him right in the fucking <laughs> face because he knows that they're probably dead now because of yeah. it. Now, it turns out they were lucky and it was Joel and Tess. Yes. You know, that's how plots work. We, we get that. But even though they not they might not have been that lucky because remember, Tess makes the comment about her and Joel not being very good people. Good point. Right? I'll, I'll so, give you that. Yeah. But um, they were... Obviously, they seemed like they were like, as I have no doubt that Joel and Tess probably would have went in there and took everything from them. But they seemed that they were uh, more of an asset than they were. Wow, you just blew my mind. I never yeah. thought about that. Yeah. So you think they would have went in there oh, yeah. and killed them and taken everything if they didn't well, think they she, could get more by trading? Exactly. Well, she said that they weren't good people. So I have, I have no doubt if they had went and met them, and got a bad vibe from them or decided that they were a, a non-asset to them, they probably would have just killed them right then and there and took everything they had. Huh. I never thought of that. Because the whole time they're sitting there, Bill's got his hand, 
can't remember if that was his 1911 or not, but he had his he had his handgun sitting on the table, basically mm-hmm. pointing it at Joel. And uh, and then uh, Frank's like, "Well, Tess, come on in, look at the house." And and Frank, and Bill's <laughs> losing his ever loving mind because yep. he's like, "I don't want anybody to know this shit." And yep. I guess you're. I never thought of that. Yeah, that's a good point, Mrs. Cook. But Man. they but they obviously thought that they were an asset. Yes. Right. And so the conversation between Bill and Joel was actually pretty good, Mm -hmm. but they're basically like, Hey, we don't like each other, but we can use each other. Yeah. Because Joel says there's shit in the quarantine zone. You can't get things like machined parts, things like books, things like medicine. So it was interesting to know that this kind of stuff is still being built, even though the world has basically fallen apart. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was fun. And so, but, there was one morning, of course, and this is where we, we knew this was coming. But yeah. uh, Joel says, you don't have to worry about the government, the military. They're not coming out this far. You don't need to worry about the walkers, whatever you want to call them. Your traps will take care of them. But what you need to worry about is raiders. And he said they'll come sometime at night. Yeah. And, of course, hard cut from there. And this is what they used really well. And they cut to in a nighttime. Frank's in bed sleeping. It's piss pouring rain, thunder and lightning outside, and all of a sudden the explosions start going off. And it's funny though too, because you can hear the explosions going off, and Frank is just freaking right out, and he's running all over the house looking for for Bill. And there's Bill out in the middle of the road with his gun, already so shooting at them. This like... this was a very big contention on yeah. Reddit this week in in the R Preppers uh, subreddit. People thought that a, a real well trained preparedness person would not stand in the middle of the road no. firing at the people now i i'm gonna say you're probably right but i'm also gonna say he was probably pissed off and a little bit scared and a little bit anxious and we do stupid things sometimes well that and like he probably could stand in the middle because like he knows where all his traps are mm-hmm. so basically it was the bullets though everybody was concerned about yeah but yeah. but he, they were setting off the traps so he was shooting in the direction that the traps were going off yep. so so he knew where he was shooting but the problem again is that he didn't know how many he was shooting at but, so and he couldn't really tell where they were coming from exactly so because like, there could have been five coming from one way and five coming from another way and he so he didn't exactly know what he was shooting at which so it was kind of dumb for him to stand out there and it was even dumber for frank to run out in the middle of the road <sighs> and get him yes it was but um yeah so like what so but like when he got shot it was like you kind of expected it yeah you yeah. knew it was coming so again what this episode did really well was it um, it messed up your expectations. Whatever you thought was going to happen didn't. So there was a really nice scene with Bill and Frank. Bill's inside. He's got an ab- abdominal wound. He's bleeding. You think, well, this could be it. You know, that's what you're wondering. Is he going to die? And all he could think about was telling Frank things like, Make sure you keep the gas on. Call Joel. You can't be here alone. I made copies of all the keys. I made a list of everything you need to know. And I thought, what a good prepper. Yeah. You know, he made his lists. And, but it also reminded me that there's times that there's things we wish we'd have told somebody that we didn't necessarily tell. Mm-hmm. And you try your damnedest to um, teach everyone in the family. You know, it's like me. I've got you to have the generator at once, but we need to do it again, you know, just in case I happen to be away when you need to start it. And, uh, so he's there, and you think, wow, this isn't good. And so they cut to, is it 10 years later? I think it was again? 10 years. 10 yeah. years later. 
but they're both still alive. And you see somebody sitting in a wheelchair and you figure, oh, it must be Bill. And they pan in and it's Frank. Yeah. He has something like, what do well, we think? MS? Well, I don't or... think he had a stroke right. because like you, you want to think if he had a stroke, then his speech would have been hmm. a little slurred. And, but I'm thinking probably like um, maybe Lou Gehrig's or uh, MS. Be. Um, because they don't ever actually say, but like it, it could have been, I don't know, it could have been brain cancer. That's true. Like it could have been anything, but you know, he could have had a tumor on his spine that he wasn't able to walk anymore. Like it, it could have been anything. So it, it never actually says. And it was, it was sad, but it was cool because you get to see these two guys who got to live their life for 20 years. Mm -hmm when the whole rest of the world didn't get to live it you know so there who knows who else out there got to so they go to bed that night and when bill wakes up in the morning frank had pulled himself out of bed and was up sitting in a chair and he told bill today is my last day and that was sad mm -hmm. you know but he he was at the point and i'm i'm a staunch believer in this that if you're in a way where you can't you're never going to get better then you have 100% the right to end it on your terms. And yep. and that's what ended up happening. They had a wonderful day. They got married. They picked out rings. They had a yep. they, they went to the, what was it, the, the clothing shop and got matching tuxes. They had a good meal. And then if you don't want me to ruin the absolute ending, turn it off now, folks. But uh, <laughs> so he put all the painkillers in his glass of wine, give it to Frank. Frank drank it. And then Bill drank his glass just as fast. And it turned out, of course, that there was painkillers also in the bottle of wine, enough to kill a horse, in the yes. words of Ron Swanson. So, uh, <laughs> and of course, yeah, you know, Bill was a thoughtful man. And now, going back to the video game, because I had to look up to see if Bill and Frank were real people. Uh, they, they, they were. They were in the video game, but that's not what happened to Frank. No. Frank no. hung himself in the video game. Because he was bit. Right. But yeah. he had left Bill beforehand because... Bill was a miserable son of a bitch that nobody could live with. So they they definitely changed it in this. And that's okay because that's what an adaptation is for. Yeah. So Bill, uh, the thoughtful dude that he was, left a letter that said, to whom it may concern, but probably Joel. Well, you got to say, well, Frank got mad at Bill. Right. For, for, for taking all the painkillers. Yeah. And then Bill says to him, he's like, um, you, for the last 20 years, you basically have been my entire life. You're all that I needed. I'm good and now. I'm good now. I don't need any more. And it was sad. It, it was. was. <laughs> but it was really sweet. It was. Like, because it was really sweet. not everybody gets the opportunity to grow old and then choose your way you, mm -hmm. to, to part to part. And they parted together, form. right? Yeah. And that's... And he was so... thought It reminded me of an old man, something that old man would do. Yeah. But he locked the bedroom door, he opened the bedroom window, and he left the note on the, um, on the table. And the thing that I was so impressed with, with the showrunners, was that they resisted the urge to actually show the bodies in yeah. the bed. I was really happy about that because as Joel's coming in, Joel and Ellie show up, they, they go into the compound. Joel goes to go into the bedroom and the door's locked. I'm like, Oh, thank God. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Because there was no need of them to show because you wanted well, to remember. He them. says that in the letter too. There's no need for you to open the door. It's locked. Something along right. the lines because. And I left the window open so it wouldn't stink. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what a good man. Yeah. And so then Ellie finds herself a gun that uh, Joel told her she shouldn't have, but, you know, or didn't want her to have a gun mm -hmm. for some reason. I'm sure it's going to pay off down the road. She'll probably save him from something and he'll yeah. be mad. Anyway, but so she hides a gun. They 
left him a Chevy S10, said, take everything you want. Well, they both had showers. Oh, and, right. Hot yeah. shower. Forgot about that. And uh, yeah. in the note said to, that he, you know, take everything you need and then take the car. And yeah. it, it gave me some thought because in this episode, you know, Bill worked his whole life securing everything he could have. <laughs> mm-hmm. And eventually everyone passes away. Everyone loses what you have and someone else gains it. Hey, mm-hmm. and I guess that's just the way life is, isn't it? Well, and, but he wanted to make sure that Joel got it. Mm-hmm. Well, he says Joel and Tess, but yeah, but he know. doesn't know Tess is dead, which yeah. is a shame, but something that was kind of cool because if you've been following the show, they've been on the search for a battery. They yeah. really needed a car battery. And so I've been doing some reading about this just because it piqued my interest. But Bill had a battery completely disassembled (laughs) in his fridge with the sulfuric acid stored in a plastic jug, which would mean it wouldn't evaporate. And Joel was able to rebuild the battery and charge it up and have basically a brand new automotive battery, which would be one of the only batteries in the world at the moment. The little shitbox. Little shitbox S10 Chevy. Yeah. (laughs) So it was... uh, it was cool. It was neat. And that car, that truck, sorry, is in the video game. And the closing scene is really kind of cool because you can see the S10 pulling through the automatic gate and the camera pulls back and back and back and it pulls into Frank and Bill's window and it pulls back further. And again, they resist the urge to show the bodies, mm-hmm. which I really appreciated because sometimes less is more. And you just get to see um on the side a a portrait of bill wasn't it a portrait of bill that frank and that was it and that's and then there was a hard fade to black and it was a great episode i thought it was no it was really and i've seen a lot of tiktoks about how people were more upset about the fact that they turned this episode only into an hour when it should have been a whole series (laughs) well oh my god it could have been a series couldn't it so good and and I haven't heard anybody complain about the episode at all. Like it was. There's a few people that didn't like it, and yeah, whatever. Well, whatever. Fuck them. That's so their problem. I uh, so the the tail end of my brother-in-law's text message. So Barrett, this was great. I loved it, and I'm I'm sure he won't <laughs> mind me sharing this. But he sends it to me, and he says, "Hey Tim, you're just like the dude in episode three. And I said, "Where are you at?" And he goes, uh, "At the piano scene. <laughs> this is just as you find." I'm like, "Oh, okay." So about three minutes later, he goes, "Well." He says, I guess you're not completely like that guy in the episode. And I'm like, all right, there you go. I didn't want to I didn't want to spoil the surprise for him. So I chuckled. I had to chuckle. I'm like, yeah, you know, but it was uh yeah, it was a good episode. And you're right, it could have yeah. been a good, it could have made a series out of it. Now there was a two-hour director's cut of the episode that may oh. seem the light of day someday. So that, that would be would cool. Be nice. Yeah. They said it's even more heartbreaking, but mm-hmm. you know, it was. Um so now, there was a few thoughts in here. There was a lot of um, prepper-related stuff, which was cool. You know, we saw the don't tread on me flag. We saw the join or die flag. <laughs> All the cliches. And then there's a really good interaction between Frank and Bill in the street. And uh, he says, yeah, he said, all you ever thought about was that the government was all Nazis. And uh, Bill's like, they are all Nazis. <laughs> He's like, well, they are now. And I'm thinking, you've literally lived through a 10-year apocalypse due to the ineptitude of the government and you still think that he was only partially right it's like what is wrong with you it's i don't because, get it it's because he was trying to win the argument i know <laughs> i know that is true <laughs> yeah and it was you know um 
like I said, the, there was a two-hour cut of it, which would have been really good. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of uh, literary license in products lasting longer than maybe they should have. Whatever you know, but it was. Well, I think um, in the two-hour cut, they'll probably uh, elaborate more on what happened with Frank because he was the healthier of the two. Yes, he was. Yeah, like he jogged every morning, and and you could tell he took care of himself. So, but it's just, um, but maybe in that they'll elaborate more about, because like maybe he already knows he has something wrong with him and it just I progressed quicker. Yeah, or, I would have liked to have known a little more, yeah. you know, and um, it was another neat thought that I, I came across online this week and uh, everybody wanted to know like, well, you know, why was he relying on generators and fuel and natural gas? Why didn't he have solar panels? Well, again, you got to remember this is taking place. The apocalypse happened 20 years ago in 2003 when the price of solar and even the existence of solar was much less, much more minimal. It was there, but it wasn't it wasn't necessarily on a lot of preppers radars at the time because yeah. it was really friggin expensive and it wasn't nearly as reliable. Batteries weren't all of that. So well, then it was probably a, a lot harder to get to. Oh, sure. Every yeah. all of it. I mean, you know, 20 years ago. Right. So. You know, he had uh, he had his diesel, he had his fuel, he had his uh, car battery stored up. He had what he could, and then he scavenged the rest from <laughs> Home Depot and everywhere else, which was kind of cool. But um, so I I didn't. Um, there was only one or two. There was only one negative review, and I didn't feel it was worth sharing this week. So um, I did find a couple of interesting articles regarding the show in general, and this one kind of. I wouldn't say it pissed me off, but you guys can tell me what you think. So this was from a lady named Carolyn Pettit or Petit from Kotaku. I don't know. K-O-T-A-K-U.com. And her thoughts are the longer the series goes on, the more sense it makes to me that the writers opted to shift Outbreak Day to 2003. One admittedly minor but not insignificant detail that occurs to me here is that if it had taken place in 2013, some people could have seen Bill's prepper mentality and don't tread on me flag as a potential response to the presence of a black man in the White House. <sighs> Since after all, there was a significant increase of doomsday preppers in the U.S. during the Obama administration. So was if, there? Yes, so there is. Now, okay. here's the thing. If that is not the perfect case of cherry picking data I have ever seen. So here's the deal. We've always there is a thing in prepper circles that always said that Barack Obama was good for gun sales. And during Obama's uh, administration, when you would go to gun shows, they would be packed. And then when Donald Trump come along, they weren't packed anymore. Now you'd think there would be more doomsday preppers when Trump was in the office because Trump didn't know how to shut his mouth. Here's <laughs> right? the, here is the thing. It didn't have to do with Obama being in office. It didn't have to do with a black man being in office. It had to do with a Democrat being in office. Because every time a Democrat is in office, people are scared their guns are going to get taken away, and rightfully so. So people go and buy guns. People are always more scared. The, the um, you know, for the most part, us as preppers, even though I would identify as an anarchist, would still be considered to the right-wing persuasion. And I don't want to be... I'm, I'm, might be a little off, but I think the don't tread on me flag has been around for a long time. Oh, it's, it's called time. the Gadsden flag. It's been around, yeah. uh, I don't want to guess, but I think it was the Revolutionary War, I believe. Now, yeah. I could be wrong, guys, and please correct me if I am. Somebody will, but uh, yeah, but I'm as a pretty Canadian. sure it's been around a oh. lot longer than when Obama was in office. But, a, so. 
so this Carolyn needed to co-opt the flag and make it sound like it was a racist thing. It's not a racist thing. It's a fact that there was a Democrat in the office in the White House and everybody was scared that shit was going to happen. Every time a Democrat, when you have an old man in the office who who can't even remember the codes to the nuclear weapons, yeah, there's going to be more people with doomsday preppers. That's just what happens. So fuck off with this cherry picking of the data and look at it from a broad a broad stance and that that's what it is it always went that no, way what, what is uh biden he he's a democrat he's, okay he, yeah left left wing like trudeau right okay, so, so i imagine the sales are probably through the roof again they are exactly yeah, yeah. and and that's so you know it, they may not have enough data on it yet but mm-hmm. that's how it goes it's up and down and well, it's the same go, thing in canada when the liberals get off absolutely and uh then you go back and you know you look at clinton versus bush and all of that so mm-hmm. whatever there you go so um and then this one here, this was, so we, remember how we had a um, discussion, was it last week, about how many seasons we thought it would go and whether it yeah. would be renewed? So as soon as we went off the air last week, it turned out that it was picked up for season two. Yeah. So it's been renewed. I don't think it's going to be longer than three seasons, though. You're smart. Did you read this article yet that I'm going to no. share? No. You, you, you've been looking at my notes, haven't you, honey? No, no I, I'm just kidding. I said that right from the beginning. I don't think it's going to be longer than three seasons. And you're not wrong. So... It turns out that even back before the show aired, this was January 5th, Gizmodo had an interview with Craig Mazin, who was the uh, creator of Chernobyl, and Neil Druckmann, who was the creator of The Last of Us, and they revealed that um, the show is very unlikely to go more than three seasons. And in this article, this interview, they said season one will take place at game one, and season two and three will take place for the second game. And that's it. That's what they're saying. So they, uh, the opening line of the article was, the last of us will not overstay its welcome. Well, and you know what the problem is, though, too, is that if... Um, if anybody wants to know what's going on... That's just amazing. Daisy decided she needed to hork up a chicken bone while we're, we're talking here. So no, um, I honestly... I And the way that uh, Bella Ramsey is going, I can't see there being a third season. You don't think so? She can't. She can't carry it. Well, I suppose. And people are going to get irritated with her, right? And they're, and like, like I said, like I'm not gonna. I don't know if I'll watch it if she's the main character or not because she irritates me. So just, I get it. I do. I, yeah. you know, and I've loved the show so far. Oh, I, I love the show. I wish they would have stretched it out more. Like, no, I love the show, and I, it's a great show. But I don't know. I just don't know if I could handle watching her an hour, hour and a half every week, right? Like, because it might be. I don't know, it might be too. Maybe they'll reverse it and they'll kill her and keep Joel going. <laughs> so, that could be. I'd be like, okay with that. I really would. I yeah. I don't know. It I, I'm just enjoying it. You know, yep. it's it's nine episodes. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, we get we still have six episodes left. So mm-hmm. we, we've been doing really well. But it um yeah, it I don't know. Maybe they'll change things up. I'd love to see them explore the world a little more. Yeah, I I just like it, it's frustrating because I don't like you don't want them to kill off Joel. No. Like they do in the video game, but maybe they won't because they changed Frank. That's true. So I like Jesus, wouldn't that throw everybody? Oh, that would be I th- you know, and I know there would be so many pissed off people if they did that. Mm, I'm but, not sure there would be no. because there's a lot of pissed off gamers about how they treated Joel's character and basically neutered him in game two. Okay. So now, of course, who knows where they'll go because 
you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I don't know. We'll see. So um, maybe they won't. That would be. Yeah. Because I like, like even Joel's brother, Tommy, I don't who's the actor that plays him. Like, I don't even know. Uh, Gab uh, Gabrielle Luna. Yeah, so yeah, I don't no, know. he's he's a well-known actor yeah. from Star Wars or Star Wars, yeah. So, but I don't think he could carry the season. No, but they well, he he's better than her. Let's put it that way. You know, Probably, so. <laughs> but yeah, but I don't know. I I can't I can't see them dropping Pedro Pascal that quickly because he's too much of a moneymaker, right? I hope they don't. Right I really now. do. I yeah, because um, so I've also heard recently that he may have just signed on to play. I'm not sure which one, the Gunslinger or Randall Flagg. In Amazon's adaptation of the Dark Tower series for Stephen King. Now, Amazon doesn't have a real good track record with epic adaptations recently. No. Uh, all you need to do is look at Rob, Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time or whatever the hell this Lord of the Rings thing is. So, um, I haven't watched it. I don't have time for it. But no, I've got no interest in it. I am glad we've made time for this show, though. This oh, has yeah, been no, fun. Like it's been show. a long time since we've had a weekly post-apocalyptic fiction to look at, you know, oh, to be know. excited for. But um, have we, I was trying to think, what have we watched anything else? There was, I was trying to, I thought like we as had a, a TV weekly? show or movies, anything recently that we could talk about, because I know we've been not rather busy. And... Well, everything's just kind of died down right now, like because Stranger Things hasn't started. Um, the new House of Dragon hasn't, like they're filming that now. And I'm really looking for, I know we talked right. about it last week a bit, but I'm really excited to watch Knock at the Cabin. Yes, that um, comes out. Today, it's already I out. Think. Yeah. Yeah. I think. It, yeah. And it, uh, but again, that's just a movie. But, yeah, it is. But we'll, yeah. I, we'll probably do a review on it yeah. because it's definitely post apocalyptic in oh, some I sense. I think Amy and I so. will proceed in the theater and when we go oh, to the city. see, so <laughs> now she's a big shot. She's going to the city without yeah. me. So it's all right. She's letting me go to Tennessee for a month without mm -hmm. her. So not that I want to do that, but you know, yeah, but yeah, no, it looks good. Um, we, we talked about Megan. Uh, another one that's out right now is uh, missing that. Have you seen that? It's like one of those, mm -hmm. it's like searching, you know, the one that's done through computer and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, <coughs> you know, I have seen that. It's, uh, it, it kind of reminded me of that searching one, like yep. kind of like another cheap knockoff because I can't think of anything else. Yeah, make. but I heard it was pretty effective. They took uh, three years to make it, mm -hmm. and um, it, I don't know. I'll, yeah. I'll watch it. It'll be worth watching for sure. Yeah, no, um, as for shows, there's nothing out right now. Um, Amy had mentioned that Mayor of... Oh, yeah, the Jeremy Renner's new show. Jeremy Renner's. Yeah, we haven't watched that one yet, but... So, I watched them. Oh, yeah. What did you think of that? That's that, horror, right? Yeah, it was on... Uh, what the hell? Paramount? No. No, I think it was on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime? Yeah. yeah. And that, it was pretty good. Uh, like, it was... It's it's a... It kind of reminded me a little bit of a Jordan Peele movie. Okay. Like, not not uh, Get Out, but like Us, where it's kind of ah. like a little bit of a mind twist. Okay. Because I love Get Out. I think it was one of my favorite No, movies. Get Out was my favorite, but Us... Mm, yeah. But, but it was like a mind twist and... We haven't it, seen Nope yet. No, I, I know. But it's um, it's a mind twist like that, and but I I didn't mind it. It was all right. Yeah. I, I made pretty quick work of it. But and we have another idea that we're probably going to expand on down the road. And so I have this idea that we may end up. So that we're going to continue doing our pop culture episodes, and they're going to continue to be in the main feed of the podcast. 
but I'm also thinking about maybe spinning it out to its own feed in the podcast so people mm -hmm. can subscribe to just the pop culture one too. Okay. Call it something like the Workshop Wasteland or something. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think it'd be fun and we could get like a kind of a disintegrating logo or something. <laughs> I don't know. It would be cool. So we have this idea and uh, we'll see what you guys think. But um, so I've been listening to this other podcast called Chat the Movies and they have uh, they go back and they rewatch old 80s and 90s films and uh, people commission the films for them. So basically they either pick the worst of the worst or the best of the best and then they watch it and they review it. Okay. And I, they, they commission them for like 100. People pay like $170 to pick a movie for these guys. Anyway, that that that's neither here nor there. But what I'm thinking is if you guys are in the mood to uh, torture us, we're thinking about trying to find the best, sorry, the worst post-apocalyptic films you can find. And, and I would go horror. Yes, you horror can do horror too. as well. So we're thinking somewhere kind of in the ballpark of like uh, 20 bucks through lightning or something like that. And you get, so that that's the price you get to pay to subject us to the absolute worst movie. And we will either watch it live or do a review afterwards and tell you how close we were to slitting our wrists while we watched it. So uh, no comedies, please. Yes, no. It, it's basically got to be post-apocalyptic for now, or horror, or if you want to, no, no yeah, well, I'll do right. horror. I know you will. Uh, so. Horror or po yeah, or apocalyptic, nothing else. Yes, uh, I will not sit through a comedy movie. It'd have to be more than twenty dollars. <laughs> comedies so, are. Yeah. I don't like comedies. We're so. going to do it through PayPal or Lightning anyway. So mm -hmm. something we're going to do down the road and we'll start lining them up and you guys can absolutely make us suffer and we'll watch the worst of the worst and we will sit down and maybe get drunk and watch them. Hey? I was going to say, oh, I'm going to have to start drinking, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I, yeah. And there are, just for the record, there are some really, really shitty low budget apocalyptic films, especially on Shudder. And Amazon Prime. Oh, and oh. there are some really, really bad horror movies. Oh, too. and and they're not, <laughs> and they're not so bad. It's good. They're just fucking awful. Yeah, they're just they're like boring. Shot, shot on a little handy cam in someone's basement. Oh. <laughs> and those mockbusters. Oh my god, they're just awful, mm -hmm. awful. Like the ones where they're like, uh, I don't know, you know, when Titanic comes out, it'll be like Titanic: The Revenge or something. Yeah, right? <laughs> raise the Titanic. Yeah, raise the Titanic. I have seen that. I don't even know how many times that the actual picture yeah and there is and i'm not gonna lie there has been times where i'm like you know what i'm gonna watch that because and they, i never i can never because bring myself they spend 35 percent of their budget on the fucking movie coaster <laughs> so that it looks good on uh on um streaming services that's yeah, all raise so, the titanic yeah every time i see it i'm like i'm gonna watch that and because what ends but, up happening is it's a movie that was made for a million dollars where geez how they even get a million dollars that's it? usually about what their budget is which is yeah. crazy and it's usually 80% of people walking and talking. And you know, you know? what the end, uh, kind of like those Sharknado movies. That, yeah. Too. Oh, those are ridiculous. <laughs> oh, but you know, yeah. at least the early Sharknados were entertaining. They yeah, were, but they know, just kind of got dumb but after the, that. The ones that suck are the ones that are just boring. They, they make no sense. And you just, you're just following somebody around. You're like, okay, I know this was shot in the desert in California. And I know the rest of it was shot in somebody's basement when, and they went to Home Depot. And bought a bunch of friggin' piping and flexible silver ductwork to make it look like, yeah, there it is. Dave Clark says exactly. That's what, yeah, glad to. So it's basically Mystery Science Theater 3000, the post apocalyptic version. Exactly. Yes. Maybe we'll call it uh, Mystery Science Workshop 3000. How about that? And you know what? Um, and I think what's best on those is when you're watching them and you can hear the echo. 
Oh yeah, because yeah, <laughs> you're like because they're like filming it on a handy cam. <laughs> there's no, there's no soundstage. There's no, no. after dubbing. There's no um, what do they call that? Uh, shoot, um, ADR after. Anyway, it's the audio they do afterwards to make it sound better. Because you know, yeah. it's like okay, we don't even have money to, to rent a soundstage, so we're gonna film in Bill's basement on a handy cam. And guess what? We don't even have a boom mic. So we're going to record with the onboard microphone on the goddamn 2003 Handycam. <laughs> and when they throw them through a table, you know, it's like a cardboard box. Oh, yes. With a tablecloth. And what you're, what you're going to hear is, somebody's going to talk about this and it's going to sound like they're across the room. You're going to wonder what's going on. And that's exactly, and it's so painful. Mm-hmm. It's it's the worst. And and somehow this shit gets made. Oh, I know. I don't. Not that I would want to make a movie because I don't think I, you know, I don't have the. No, but you watch it sometimes and you're just, you watch some of those and you're just like, how was this even made? Oh, like, I, I get it. Like, I know. Kind of like, uh, like, um, the Zach and Miri make a porn one. <laughs> Ooh, just jump. Somebody just went through the floor upstairs. Sorry guys. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that wasn't very good. Was it? No, but or it's the... the same, like how they were making it. Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It was <laughs> all done little... on a, just a no budget at all. Yeah. With a know? little handy cam. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. I think we've got it covered for this week, don't we, Mrs. Cook? We do. Yeah, I I think it'd be fun. So anybody out there, um, you can, especially if you're listening on Fountain, that's the way to reach out. But it's going to be something that we might make time for. If if there's enough interest, we'll make time for it before we finish the Last of Us series. But if not, we'll start doing it after the Last of Us series. eh? But um, make sure that it's accessible to us. Oh yeah, I uh, because, well, accessible. I can find any. Well, movie. I know, but there are some movies that uh, you can try to find them. They're not available in Canada. Oh, and, yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah, well, and uh, that's what Napster's for. <laughs> <laughs> Napster hasn't been a thing since two thousand and four. So yeah, no. I'm yeah, just no, and um, we'll make it work. Yeah, you know. Oh, some ridiculous dubbed movie. Oh, it'll <laughs> be awful. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be yeah. it'll be good. Maybe maybe we'll get Barrett to come over and watch with us too. Barrett mm. and Amy. That'd be fun. Oh, that would be a lot of fun to have. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, we could set up a camera in the living room while we watched it. Yeah, that would be really good. Because there's a lot I love those. Like uh, so I watch um So Bad It's Good, uh, the one that you don't really care for with the husband and wife. Yeah. And then uh, of course, uh, best of the worst from uh Red Letter Media. Is I that the guy love. with the funny laugh? Oh, with yeah. Rich. <laughs> Oh, his laugh is so bad, but they are just that's perfect. how I always know which one you're watching because by his laugh, you're like, Yeah, because his laugh is really annoying. If if it was anyone else, you, I would turn it off, but he he just cracks. Nah, I up. think he's funny, he I is just, funny, and he's got one of those contagious laughs. A lot of people call those guys the modern Cisco and Ebert, okay? Because I mean, I don't know what, what other entertaining duo or trio of uh movie reviewers, you know, like, like they said, there's no movie reviewers on tv who are celebrities anymore so nope. youtube's the new place right yeah and they are there's i forget i think they got like three million subscribers and they've been doing it for 15 years nice so, yeah and they're entertaining too and they just <laughs> well because they all drink except for him yes yeah rich rich is yeah. diabetic so he he, can't he, drink. he doesn't drink and he sits back and the rest of them there's but a guy he on... always sounds more drunk oh, than the rest of them. i had to watch it for like a year before i realized he didn't drink it was always diet pepsi and there's a, a, a tiny guy named Tim who always gets hammered when they do that. And he he's pretty funny. But they recently did uh, an eight-minute episode on the Night Court reboot. And they said, huh. uh, comedies when nobody laughs. <laughs> it's so bad. All it's, the shit. No, see, I think all comedies are like, you I know. laugh. I, just... I, I mean, there's a few. 
Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I think the only one that makes me laugh Step is Step Brothers. Yes, and it's good. One. Yeah, but... Step Brothers is good, but uh, there's a few. I mean, I could watch Home Alone a thousand times, mm, but and I don't I laugh, laugh every at... time. I like John C. Riley. He is so funny. Yeah, he is pretty. Funny. Yeah, Will Ferrell. Huh, take him or leave him. Yeah, but but then again, there's like uh, screw. You know, there's three or four Bill Murray movies that I can watch over and over again yeah. too. Scrooge is so good. Yeah, but it's not. It's kind of like... a comedy, you know, and. Um, of course, Groundhog Day, I could watch every day. But, but I don't think that's funny. I, well, that's why you won't be watching it with us yeah. on, on no, next Saturday. So Honestly, and I'll probably get a lot of flack from it, but I think it's a stupid movie. That's I'm okay. Sorry. You're allowed to be wrong there. No, I'm right. Just like you always, you don't think Die Hard's a good movie. but I, I No, I like Die Hard. I just don't think it's a Christmas it movie. It is a Christmas movie. Yeah, whatever, you know, so. But uh, it takes place at Christmas time. It's that a is Christmas true. movie. Ah, just because it takes place at Christmas <laughs> no, no, doesn't no. make it a Christmas The film. whole emphasis is around Christmas. Well, guys, it's been a great episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's like, um, no, but there's not, there's no comedies, but no, I don't know any, I haven't seen any uh, versions of cheap apocalyptic movies, though. I'm not we sure. have tried a few on Amazon on occasion, like on a Sunday oh, afternoon. Oh, you know which you know? one was really bad? That fifth wave yeah oh that that's really funny because mm. oh it's so funny you just said that because matt messaged me when he was flying back from alaska he was on the plane and he's like hey tim have you ever seen the fifth wave before he's like it looks like it could be interesting and then at the end he's like oh it's a teenage post it's a young adult and I'm like, well and, and when she's running and it's like and you can it looks like they filmed it like I know. With a, an awful green screen and stuff. Yeah, it was. Dave says, don't feel bad, uh, Mrs. T. I can't stand uh, It's a Wonderful Life. So. I don't really like it either. And, oh, hey, kill it and grill it. Good to have you. Hello from Nebraska. Always good to have you. That's mm -hmm. a good looking fish in your profile picture, too. And Dave says, have you seen Six String Samurai? I have not. Mm -hmm. um, well, now i got to look it up since <laughs> you're, I've, man, is it, is that like a so bad it's good film? Because I've never heard of that one. Sounds like an old um, spaghetti, not spaghetti Bruce western, Lee. but yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yes, man, I want to see that knock at the cabin so bad. But six string samurai. Yeah, that Batista is oh. really making a name for himself. Eh? Yeah, he is. 1998. So, oh, that looks like it could be right up my alley, Dave. Vegas needs a new king. Opening September 1998. How do I miss? It looks like a very low budget 90s film. Here, here's the tagline, guys. Um, in the post-apocalyptic world of 1990s Nevada, a rock and roll samurai. <laughs> Why a rock and roll samurai? <laughs> because 90s. That's okay. all. Yeah. So, he looks. Like, he's dressed like Elvis. Yeah, he is. So okay. He says in a. Let's start this over again. In a post-apocalyptic world of 1990s Nevada, a rock and roll samurai on his way to Las Vegas, not Las Vegas, but Las Vegas, takes a young orphan boy under his protection as death. And his metalhead horsemen chase after them. Carries a katana in his guitar case or in his guitar. Oh, boy. It, oh my God! Oh, it's got little people. In oh it. my God! That looks. Is it in black and white or is that just the production That's skills? Just the, were, yeah. yeah. No, it's okay. Well, it it has two awards that it won. Let's see what the awards are because it's probably like Razzie's your mom's house film <laughs> festival or something. <laughs> oh, I wasn't too far off. It it was uh, the winner of excellence in editing at the slam dance film festival of 1998 and it was the winner of vision award for cinematography in 
the slam death looks like Slash from Guns N' Roses. That is cool. And it was a nominee at the Catalonia International Film Festival for Best Film. So I don't know how this has fallen through who's, the radar. Who's the actor? I don't think it's anybody we've ever heard of. I could be wrong, but uh, who is that? Uh, stars Jeffrey Falcone. Is that? Uh, let me see. That sounds familiar, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, what is he from? Jeffrey Falcone. Where is he? I don't see him. Was that him? Okay. Now, Burning Ambition, Six String Samurai, License to Steal. Looks like he was a B actor. Okay, kind of like, uh, but, yeah. what's his face? Yeah, it looks... It looks like um, a low-budget version of like Kill Bill or something, hey? <laughs> but I don't know. That's interesting. Well, that might get added to our list at some point. That I don't know how that would have fell through the cracks. That's funny because it looks like it's right up my alley from 90s films anyway. Hmm. Look at him. He kind of looks got like a uh, Johnny Knoxville look to him. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what network is it on? Um, I don't know. Let's just... Oh, so um, just watch it i think it is just watch it.com is that it i'm probably wrong this, yeah oh, who's this here oh um paramedia i'm here because i don't care for spoilers but i just watched episode one the last of us and i played the two games religiously and i'll say so far i love their adaptation yes so we've already gone through the spoilers for episode three we won't ruin it for you paramedia but don't go back and rewatch this until you've uh watched episode. until you've watched episode two and three but then come back and support us and watch this episode because yeah. this is something totally different that i don't normally do on my podcast and it's been a big thing for us mm -hmm. we've been doing quite well and you'll love episode three yeah it is really good it just we won't spoil it don't worry nope that's all i'm gonna say yep there it is so if anybody wants to know what streaming service a show is on go to justwatch.com now i'm unfortunately in canada at the moment so uh what was that called six string samurai uh, what the hell did i write up i don't even how no, does it it's not even in there. <laughs> it's bad it's not listed on just watch wow let's uh let's try this <laughs> where where to watch six string Samurai. You probably right. have to watch it on like YouTube or something. Oh, looks like you can rent it on Amazon Prime, guys. Oh, I don't even so, know if I want to pay for it. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, it looks like it was available on uh, YouTube too. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, yeah, you can rent it on YouTube as well. So yeah, it looks like you can there. rent it on. Uh, where'd you see that, baby doll? Right. Uh, it was down at, okay. at YouTube. On All there. right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, I won't go into this a whole lot, Paramedia, but. It definitely is a bottle episode that takes place outside of the normal narrative string. It's a great episode, but yes, it doesn't further the plot per se, no. but it's a really cool diversion from the hmm, the normal narrative that's in the video game. Let's put it at that. Well, that, I don't wanna, well and, yeah. it, and the characters are good, and it's well acted. Yeah, oh, yeah. hugely well acted. So, yes, no spoilers, but yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's got a 97 or 96 on Rotten Tomatoes with just a single negative review, and yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, it is. It's a really good episode. So, yeah, the Six String Samurai. I think we'll have to check that out at some point. And Kill It and Grill It, it's good to see you in here again. I always appreciate the different names. It's fun to see the people who come in for the different shows, eh? We had Dave Clark there, and yeah. All right, well, what do you think, Mrs. Cook? Time to yeah. shut her down for the evening? Yeah. I got a long weekend. I'm gonna. Am I still tearing a uh, stage out at the daycare tomorrow? And you're, yeah. And 
the son-in-law's coming to lay my flooring tomorrow. Yes, which means I don't have to lay the flooring. Thank God. So what's yeah. coming up next week? Well, I'm glad you asked, said nobody. <laughs> but uh, no. Uh, so let's see. Sunday night, we got uh, Brian from The Lots Project coming on. Uh, we're going to get a follow-up with him on how he's doing living in his RV with his wife and three St. Bernards. And let's see, Tuesday, I believe, we're going to have, oh, man, um, I got to back up. Hold on. Man, I got a bunch. So Wednesday's going to be the 250th episode. Thursday, I'm going to have Cam and Colby on from Casual Preppers Podcast. We're actually going to do a watch party slash commentary for the movie Signs, since we all think that it's like the best film ever made. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to find what prepper episodes we can have on there. Oh, and then Friday, we'll be back with episode four of yes. The Last of Us, which is going to be absolutely great. And let's see what else I got coming up for you guys so that I don't uh, I don't miss anybody. Um, too many things on the go. All right. Yeah. So Tuesday, I've got Aiden Tate of The Last American Podcast. I was on his podcast, oh, I don't know, a couple of months ago, and we ended up talking about everything. He is a well-versed uh, author who has done everything. And we ended up talking about post-apocalyptic fiction again. So I apologize that this is not going to be the entire theme of my podcast. It just so happened that we get like a 10-day stretch where all this stuff, incredible fun stuff has come together. So um, I also have in the works a new episode of the History of Preparedness coming up. I've got another episode of the Empty, the Empty Container series, which I know you guys always look forward to. And I also have... What else was there? Um, oh, and I got a, um, I got another one. I believe I'm going to do an episode on the New York blackout that uh, happened in the, was it the 60s or 70s. I can't remember. So it's going to be good. And also, I started writing a script today for an episode on, if you guys have ever heard the saying, uh, nine meals, humanity's only nine meals from anarchy. Mm -hmm. I started doing a deep dive into the origins of that phrase. And well, here we are. So I'm always going down different rabbit holes. Paramedia says, crazy how I saw the Sarah death scene from the game so many times when I saw it in the show, I almost shed a tear. Absolutely. She and was a really good actress, that yeah, little one. Yeah, she was. Awesome. I yeah. Is that Tandy Newton's daughter? Yeah, I believe okay. so. So yeah, if you get caught mm -hmm. up, Paramedia, you're welcome. I mean, you're welcome anytime, but come back uh, next Friday evening. And Kill It and Grill It says, keep stacking, folks. Stay strong. Be safe. And uh, stay away from Chinese weather balloons because <laughs> they seem to be blowing up everywhere. So... With yeah. that, guys, as always, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week.